welcome back to Just Being Silly. I'm Liz, and this is episode 38. And yes, I do have my Invisalign in, so I did tell you that that was a thing that was going to happen. Um, and we're going to sound slightly spittier, okay? We're going to sound slightly spittier. The lisp is only going to get worse. I There's not much I can tell you, okay? When I'm on this road to being the baddest bitch alive, I... That's one of those things I had to come to terms with is that it wasn't going to always be the prettiest road, right? It was always it was going to be a bumpy road, right? Um, and this is just simply this is a pothole on my path to whatever I'm trying to accomplish. Having straight teeth? Question mark. Wear your retainer, kids, because if I would have just worn my retainer and not been such a little geek about it, like oh, I don't want to wear my retainer. Uh, I just got out of braces. I don't want to wear my retainer. My retainer's not cool. Blah, blah, blah. You know what's not cool? You want to know what's worse, actually? Being an adult who has to pay damn near six grand to fix something that your parents already paid six grand to fix. That's the worst, okay? But here we are. So we're here and we're just going to have to get used to it. But anyway, today's episode is all about the various jobs that I've held throughout my lifetime. So yes, 26, I've had a job since I was 16. I have always just had a job, you know what I mean? And I think it came from when I was 16, or maybe I was 15 rather, and I was kind of getting to the age where like, I wanted money for everything. And my parents were like, hey, um, don't know if you've picked up on this yet, but we're not rich people. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, um, what are we going to do about all this stuff that I want, right? And they were like, well, um, sounds like you're going to need a job. And so get a job I did. So my first job ever, um, and we're really just going to get into it, by the way, like no, no frills. We are really going to get into just the meat and potatoes of this episode, which I know you all prefer. Okay, I value your time. I value your time. And that's all I'll say about that. But um, yeah, first job ever. Okay, here we go. Was at the Oklahoma City Zoo. And I remember telling people that um, when I was in high school. Like, oh, I got a job. I'm working at the zoo. And even when I tell some people now in my adult life, they all are like, oh, so you like feed the animals? You scoop shit? You, you know, are in the enclosures? Like what's going on with that job? And I just don't know how anyone could believe a 16 year old with absolutely, first of all, without even a high school diploma start there. I wasn't even fully educated in any capacity at that point. I was truly just a child. Why would they let a child in a animal's enclosure? Let's think on that one um, while I continue. So I worked at the zoo and I worked in food service. So my first job ever was in food service. And so I think when you're 16 years old, if you if your first job is in food service and and you and you work that job for a reasonable amount of time, I think that you should qualify for some sort of discount, okay? Because 
not only is food service like a very difficult job for anybody period doesn't really matter how old you are it's just it's already a difficult job doing it as your first means of employment and doing it when you are that young I should qualify for some form of discount um and we can get into really the nitty-gritty on that later um should it ever be something that actually presents itself as an opportunity but anyway I worked at the Oklahoma City Zoo and I worked in the food and beverage area, the concession, if you will. Um, and there are different elements throughout the park that I worked in. So, for example, there was a dip and Dots location that was at the front of the zoo, like as you're coming in. Worked there from time to time. That was my favorite because I felt like I only worked there during the winter. And so only like some of the most annoying people you've ever met in your life go to the zoo during the dead of winter. Um, like when there's snow on the ground. Now, why is the zoo open, you might ask? That's a fabulous question. And I, I also am looking for answers to that. But the zoo would be open, so surely there would be people who would try to come to the zoo. And I was like, you know, like the monkeys are not out. Like they are inside. They are cold. They've got their sweaters on. They're not doing anything. So why are you here? But that's not the point. Anyway, yes, sometimes I would work in that location. It was nice. Most people do not want dip and Dots in the wintertime, which is typically when I was scheduled to work in that specific location. So, I mean, guys, I clocked a lot of One Direction fan fiction hours in that, in that institution. I really did. Um, because there was nothing really to do sit there and play on my phone. And so what did I do? I, I caught up on my One Direction fan fiction. And I mean, that, to me, that was the perk of the job. That was the highlight of the job. Well, there were other perks, and I'll get into that in a second. But that was like, really, the the highlight of the job was I get to get paid, I think it was $8 an hour, which was big money at the time. That was big money at the time. How, what, what year was it when I was 16? 10 years ago? 2014? Oof. Um, yeah. Well, you know what? Minimum wage has not changed yet. So there's that. But yeah, $8 an hour getting paid above minimum wage. And I was working eight hour shifts. Somebody do the math on that. $8 an hour for eight hours sounds a lot like 60 something dollars to me, truthfully, before taxes, of course, um, because for some reason they take taxes out of a 16 year old's paycheck. Um, I won't even get into that, but yes. So sometimes I would work there, but a lot of my character building in that job specifically came from one location in particular. And it was called the Lion's Den? Or was it called the Lion's Lair? It was something to do with lions. Um, And it was a little shack concession stand right near the Lion's Exhibit at the, at the zoo. And that was a relatively new exhibit at the time. Um, not like brand, brand new, but like within 
maybe within like the past five years at that point, it had become a thing. So it was still a relatively new attraction at the zoo. So it was very busy. Like there, when people were at the zoo, they were going to the lion's portion. Um, and so I was in this little, it was, it was like a shack and they served bottled water, fountain beverages without lids. And we'll get into why that's a problem here in a minute without lids and French fries and corn dogs. I think there was even a ballpark nacho situation. It was really, we'll we'll get into it. So if you know anything about summers in Oklahoma, they tend to be sweltering. And this one in particular was like one of the first ones I remember um, that was just like, damn, it's starting to get really hot in the summers. Like that was, that was one of the first summers, you know, like within the last 10 years that people were like, oh, like the, the climate must be changing. Like something must be happening. Um, because it was just, I mean, brutally hot. I would work in this little shack standing next to fryers it would get so hot. I'm in a polyester polo because they don't let you wear anything else. Uh, the getup was a polyester gray polo that's at Oklahoma City Zoo. You had to wear black pants or black jeans, but like they couldn't have any like they couldn't really look like jeans. They could technically be denim, but they couldn't really look like jeans. It was very particular. And then black shoes. Um and Lord knows I was not, uh, I was not rocking that fit in any capacity at all. Um, oh, it also had to be tucked in. Don't even worry. Don't you even fret. It had, the, the, it had to be tucked in. Yes, it did. So, uh, the shirt had to be tucked in. So, um, uh, just imagine being 16 years old and you already have just like the most insecurity you're ever going to have in your life. And then you're working on the weekends during the summertime and you are wearing that hideous fit. And it is hot all the time. I just want you to put yourself in my shoes real quick as we continue. So I remember working in that space and when you're working in food service, one thing you learn is that at least 60% of the population um, that partake in food service in any variety uh, as, as a customer, about 60% of them are the dumbest people who have ever lived. And I say that um, with grace and compassion, but I, I need you to understand that some of the people that I dealt with And the Oklahoma could have been a factor, okay? The Oklahoma factor could have been part of it. But I don't know. There's something that tells me that that is just how it is everywhere. I dealt with some of the dumbest, stupidest people alive when I was a 16-year-old cashier working in food service. For example... We had fountain drinks at this location. 
I had a woman come to me with a unopened, unopened bottle of Dr. Pepper that she had purchased from one of the outside vending machines. And she said, I got the wrong beverage in the vending machine. So I was just wondering if I could swap it out here. And I was like, hey, while that's not how anything works ever, I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, And I would love to do that for you, except we do not carry bottled drinks. We only carry fountain drinks. And she was like, okay, well, I'll take a large diet Dr. Pepper. And I was like, yeah, so um, that is going to be 450 or whatever. And she was like, no, 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 you, you don't understand. Which, first of all, don't you ever, don't you, I'm going to have a meltdown doing this episode. Don't you ever tell somebody in food service that is trying to explain a rule that they did not create to you, tell them that they don't understand. Because I understand more than you recognize. But no, she says, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm trying to exchange because I didn't get the drink that I wanted out of the vending machine. And I was like, okay, so um, the thing with that is we are not in control of the vending machine. We're only in control of what's in here. So um, I can get you the large Diet Dr. Pepper, but it will have to be for 50. Um, but I can, you know, direct you to customer service. And, you know, if you go up to guest services or whatever, I am certain that they have a process for you getting a refund on your vending machine drink. Like happy to, happy to route you there and put you in contact with the right people because yeah, wouldn't you hate it if you got the wrong drink in the vending machine? I hate that. That's what I can do for you though. And she's like, no, um, I'm just trying to exchange these. So like you, and I'm telling you, she's talking to me like I'm a moron. She's talking to me like I'm a moron and I'm having to, a lot of my patience that I don't have today comes from, I think, working that job and just realizing from a young age that people are so ignorant Um, but yeah, no, she was like, no, no, no. I don't think you're understanding like what I'm trying to get at. I am exchanging. So you take the bottle and I will take the fountain drink. And I was like, okay, so, uh, no fountain drink. Um, fountain drink is 450. Not going to be able to, not going to be able to exchange. She wants to talk to my manager. Okay. So my manager, uh, is 17 and he is right behind me. Hey, Patrick. And I think that was his name. Hey, Patrick, can you come here? Yeah, what's up? So she got the wrong drink in the vending machine. They they spit out the wrong drink. Oh, no, that's horrible. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, and so she's wanting to exchange. Well, we don't carry bottle drinks. Yes, I know. Listen, she's wanting to exchange for a fountain drink. Well, we can't do that. Yes, I know. Listen, she wants to exchange. And, and I've explained to her that that's not really how that works. So we can charge for the fountain drink. And then we can send her to guest relations and they can refund whatever happened with the vending machine. He was like, yes, absolutely. I'd, I'd be happy to direct you that way or have somebody come down here and, and get you. And the woman was, no, I want to exchange my drink that is incorrect 
from the vending machine out here, your vending machine, first of all, my vending machine, do I look like I had the money to invest in that vending machine? Ma'am, do you think that's my vending machine? Do you think I get the, the passive income from the dollar bills within that vending machine? Do you think that's my vending machine? Let's continue. The wrong drink from your vending machine. So I want to exchange for the drink I was trying to get originally. And my manager's like, I understand the thought process. I really do. However, we cannot do that. We have no way of putting that in our system. We do not even sell bottled drinks here. So there is nothing that we could do with your bottled drink that you are trying to give us in exchange. Like we cannot sell that. Like we do not, that is not, we don't have any of that here. So what we can do is we can sell you this drink or if it makes you feel better, direct you to guest relations, you get a refund there and then purchase another drink wherever you want to purchase one within the zoo. She was not getting it. She wanted, then she wanted his manager. So my like big manager, (laughs) bring your manager down here because this is not right. This is wrong. This is so not right. Like, like we assaulted her. Like we spat on her ugly child. Like we did something like wrong to her. We wronged her in some capacity. This is not right. I want to talk to your manager. It's a Karen. Hi. We're going to catch a lot of these in this, in, uh, in this episode, I fear. But anyway, uh, we're like, all right, fuck it. We're not really busy today. So let's go ahead and, um, call the manager down here. We're going to call Miss Vicky down here. And I do think that was her name. Maybe I shouldn't use everybody's names. They might not want to be associated. Those two were nice people, though, so I'm just going to let it ride. But Miss Vicky rides down to the lion's den, the lion's lair, the lion's fucking house, like whatever it's called. She rides down on her little go-kart. She gets out. And one thing about Miss Vicky was she had the demeanor of being really mean. But she was a very nice lady. But she, she did have that demeanor. She did have that look. Like, um, like she was going to be very mean, but she was, she was very nice to me personally. So gets out of the cart, comes inside the, comes inside the shack, goes up to the window. What seems to be the problem? The woman then tells her again what her, her dilemma is and her issue. Vicky just says, we cannot do that. We cannot do that. Sorry. We, it just it flat out cannot happen. I will personally give you a ride up to guest relations to fill out a form. They will give you your your refund money right then and there. Like, that is all we can do for you at this time. So the woman is like, fine. She's pissed, obviously, which a lot of that is her own doing. But she's pissed. And she's like, fine. I will buy one large Diet Dr. Pepper from this stand and then we will go up to the front and I will get my refund. And we're like, period. I wish you would have come to that conclusion 15 fucking minutes ago, but okay. Um, 
for sure. Let me make that for you. So I gave her a lot of ice because I hated her and um, filled it up with Diet Dr. Pepper and I slid it over to her. She, you know, gave me her card. I ran her card, gave her her receipt and that was the end. And she goes, okay, where are the lids? And this is the part of the story where I didn't really blame her, but I needed her to see where I was coming from too. So one thing about the zoo, and it might still be like this today, and other zoos also might be like this. Like, I don't think that this is necessarily like a problem. I just feel like some people um, need to be made aware of this, like before they even enter the premises, like before they even enter, they need to be made aware of this thing, which is the zoo did not carry lids, paper cups and paper straws. No plastic straws, no plastic lids. And the idea behind that was technically preservation, um, conservation, animal safety, that kind of thing. That's what we were told to tell the customers, which I think that's probably like 50% of the issue. Like, I, I do think like some of it is like, yeah, we are a zoo. We're not going to have things that are typically known to harm animals here. Like, we're not going to, like, allow people, because people will, I witnessed it, okay? People would finish their drinks and literally throw their cup on the ground. Like, like, people are the animals in this, like, it, it was really, it was really groundbreaking to witness that some of these people would really finish, like, a paper cup and just throw it on the ground. A paper cup of Coke and, and throw it on the ground. There'd be a trash can 20 feet away and they would just throw it on the ground. Um, just the worst people you've ever met in your life. But anyway, so I have to tell this woman like, yeah, so we have straws right out here, um, but we do not carry lids because of animal safety and conservation reasons. She didn't want to hear that. And I, and I understand she didn't want to hear that. But once again, how is that my fault? You think I own the zoo? You think this is, we bought a zoo? You think I own the zoo? You think I made the rules at the zoo? No. I'm 16. I am, I have this job so I can buy the Kylie lip kit. I don't know what you expect out of me. So she does scream at me. Yeah, she does. Uh, she screams at me and tells me that the whole reason she bought a bottled drink in the fucking first place was so she would have a lid to close it. And without a lid, bugs could fly into the drink. She could spill it. All sorts of things. Which, hey, that's that's a pretty valid concern. You know, like, you want a lid. Which, I mean, if you knock the drink over entirely, that little plastic lid that they give you at fast food places or whatever, it doesn't prevent the drink from leaking out. But... I, I get it. Uh, the bugs thing, totally valid. Yeah, we are outside. We are at the zoo. It is summertime. Like, I, I totally understand. Um, but I'm telling you right now that we do not have lids. It's not that we're out. It's not that I don't want to go get it. It's not that I, you know, it, it's no, no other reason, okay? We flat out do not order them. We do not carry them. They do not exist within the premises of this zoo. We do not have lids, and, and she just lost her mind. She, she lost her mind 
And I'm going to wrap the story up there because that's really all I can give you because it was another 30 minutes of her wanting a refund for that drink and then not wanting to go up to guest relations and wanting a refund for the bottle drink right here. She changed her mind about guest relations. She wanted a refund for everything right here, right now. No ifs, ands, or buts. And she ended up just having to be told to leave because it was really that bad. And, you know, her kid's been sitting there for about an hour now, thirsty, tired, sunburnt, mom's a bitch. It just all of these problems that these kids are facing having parents like that. So perks of the job, the zoo amphitheater. That was definitely a perk of working that job. I left that job about, I think it was exactly a year. Um, I started in the fall of, ooh, I was, I was 16. So the fall of whenever I was 16. And I left that job in the fall of when I was 17. So my next job that I had was, and I think there might've been some overlap, but really not really. There is an insurance company in my small town. Mind you, I graduated with 64 people. There were, It was like a town at the time I lived there. I cannot stress this enough. It has since gotten bigger and the town is all of a sudden like, I don't know. They're, they're all of a sudden they've got things now. They've got stores now and restaurants now and all kinds of stuff. They still don't have a McDonald's. We're still not on that level. But you know what I mean? Like things are slowly but surely happening. Um, they're expanding. More people live there etc. Um, but at the time, it was a true, honest to God, rural Oklahoma small town. Um, and there was a insurance agency, insurance company. They had some of the worst Google reviews of all time. Some of the worst. But I was done working at the zoo. Didn't want to work there anymore. I had had it. I was over it. But I knew I kind of needed a job of some variety just for my senior year of high school. So there was a girl that was a couple years older than me that had called the high school and was like, hey, we're looking for somebody to work after school for like two or three hours after school, you know, from three to five thirty or something like that. Um, preferably a senior. They can come work here seven twenty five an hour. Um yeah, like, we're just looking for somebody to come do this. It's pretty lenient, and, like, if they have something going on, like, they don't have to necessarily come in every day, but, you know, need somebody. We need a little somebody to do something, and so I was like, oh, that's perfect for me because the town is so small. This is a three-minute drive max from my high school. Um, I can just pop in and make some extra money on the side. Why would I not do that? So I call the insurance company. I tell them like, Hey, I'm Liz. I go to school at the school. I heard you have an open position. So they have me come down. I do a short interview. They basically give me the job kind of on the spot. Like they are, they're not concerned that I'm not going to do an all right job. So I get there for my first day. I have a little cubicle. And basically what I'm doing is I am faxing documents and I am shredding documents and there's some light computer work with um files like I'm I'm moving files around or I'm like deleting old files or something like that like it's very very clerical 
very, very straightforward. So, uh, I'm like, I, this works for me. Like they tell me, yeah, you can like listen to music, like podcasts and audiobooks were kind of becoming a bigger thing during that time. They're like, you can listen to like whatever you want to just on your headphones, like, and just do your job, like whatever's on your desk, just take care of it. And then you're done. And so that sounded like a pretty good gig to me, except for the part where I started getting so incredibly bored. Um, so I was working, like I said, um, like three hours, maybe, maybe three hours a day. Um, and my friends were like doing stuff after school, like hanging out senior year, people were hanging out doing stuff. And I was at this shady insurance company in my hometown, shredding documents and faxing documents and doing that whole thing. I, I'm, I'm scanning documents into the computer. I'm deleting files. I'm like doing like the most basic stuff, which I knew was going to happen. Like I signed up for it, but I was just so, I was just so over it. Um, I got the feeling that nobody liked me. It was all older people, except for the girl that was a couple years older than me. She was, she was nice. She kind of was the one that kind of taught me what I needed to do, but she also had a job that she needed to do. So she like was not like gonna sit there and talk to me and, you know, do that. Like there were some days that I showed up and I didn't even say a word to her because she was busy. She was working. Um, but I'd walk in and the ladies that worked at this, uh, insurance company, and they were all older ladies that were from my hometown, like give or take a couple, but for the most part, bunch of older ladies that are doing like it's it's kind of call center-y they're not like insurance agents like they're it's very much like this small part of the building is just clerical work and I would just walk in every day and they just were so unhappy to see me they were so and I didn't even speak like that's the thing like I I, I didn't speak there was nobody of my age group that was working there really that I could like get in trouble with or anything like that. Like it was very much just, they just did not like my energy or my presence. And I understand that because the feeling was mutual, but, um, yeah, one day I was just doing my job. I was listening to some audiobook and I got a tap on my shoulder and they were like, Hey, it was, this, it was the lady that was kind of in charge of me, like really in charge of me. Um, and then another random lady, <laughs> both of them were standing at my cubicle and they're like, Hey, can we speak to you real quick? And I'm like, absolutely for sure. What's up? And so they take me into the copy room and they're like, so we are not going to need your help anymore after today. And I was like, okay. And they're like, don't be upset. And I was like, well, I'm definitely not upset. But, and I didn't say that. I was like, oh, I, I'm fine. Um, is that, is everything okay? And they're like, yeah, we just think it might be time to go our separate ways. And I was like, for sure, no worries. And so then they were kind of put off that like, I wasn't upset because at the time I didn't realize I had been fired. Right. I didn't realize I had been fired because I wasn't laid off. I wasn't offered a package. I wasn't, you know, whatever. They just are like, we're done paying this high school girl, um, who goes in sometimes and doesn't go in other times. Like we're, we're tired of like paying for her, which first of all, don't tell a 17 year old, Hey, a 17 to 18 year old who has like prom coming up. Cause I remember I had to ask them, oh, I was like, Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm not going to be here for my, like my prom. Um, because it was on a 
Friday or Saturday or something and they had asked me if I could work and I was like oh I would but like I have prom and they were kind of pissed and I was like you gave this job like the whole point of this job the description that you gave was that it was a perfect job for someone like me a senior at the high school because it was only three hours maybe a day on the weekend maybe an eight hour on the weekend it was so tiny tiny of a job did not pay hardly anything and you even prefaced in the job description that since it was geared more for a senior they could take off or not come on days where they had something going on so you did kind of set me up to fail on that one but so there were times I'd call and I'd be um my my stummy hurt and I would be you know just at home reading One Direction fan fiction or um you know I my friends want to go to Sonic and hang out or they want to go to some like there was a snow cone place that was really popular in like Choctaw which is the neighboring town or city um much bigger than the town I grew up in um and they had like a really popular little spot so you know people were like oh we want to go here I'm like well I want to go there too so I'm just gonna call my job real quick and tell them I can't come so yeah they were like they kind of gave me like the energy or like the attitude like why are you not upset that we are letting you go um or we're firing you essentially in in not so many words like, why are you not upset? But, like, I couldn't really be upset. I didn't want to be there. They didn't want me there. I wasn't, like, making enough money for anything to matter, you know? So, it was definitely just, like, weird vibes all the way around. So, yeah, I I sat back down at my desk with, like, 45 minutes left in my day, and I finished up what was on my desk, and I left, and I never went back. My first year of college, my freshman year, I did not have a job. But that following summer, the summer before my sophomore year, I worked at The Gap. I worked at The Gap. Yes, I did. At Penn Square Mall. I I surely did. I worked at The Gap. And that was an interesting experience. One thing I noticed about The Gap is we really didn't have shoplifters, which is something that I came to find to be a bigger problem at other stores that I work at and we'll get into that but I really didn't have anybody that like fought me on like the price of things on coupons nobody was really stealing I really didn't have a problem with that job that job sadly ended because on the 4th of July when I was working and getting my holiday hours a major pipeline of the entire mall, not just of the gap, but at the entire mall, burst and the entire first floor of the mall flooded. Like, absolutely flooded. Um, like, we, we went and grabbed our stuff and we walked out and that, like, we did, we did not come back. We were not on the schedule again. Like, there was, it was going to take a couple of months to like kind of repair and get things back in order like clothes had been destroyed displays had been destroyed um just the floor and everything was ruined like everything had to be redone um so I, it was kind of like a hey I'm, I'm going back to school I'm not going to work here like this was a summer job kind of thing so 
not much to report on the gap. The gap was a pretty laid back job. I heard um, a lot of like that Anderson Pack Mac Miller song. Is it called Damn? It might have been that one. I heard a lot of that song. Um, like I heard it four to five times a day and I wish I was kidding and I'm not, but yeah, uh, nothing, nothing bad to report at the gap. Everybody acted like a goddamn human at the gap. So you can imagine my surprise sophomore year. I'm, I'm a sophomore in college now and I'm back in my college town and there's a mall at my college town. Um, and I apply for and get a job at a store that is in most malls and also strip malls. Um, they specialize in body care, um, body spray, and candles. Their big thing is candles. I cannot, for legal reasons, say the name of the company because I'm about to lay into them respectfully. So I start working at this candle store in the mall. When I tell you this job shaped me when it comes to dealing with people, understanding people, the psyche of the customer, this job was, I mean, and here's something, here's a theme that you're going to see from probably this job on onward. I was so scared during these jobs in my life to be fired, even though I'd technically been fired at the, at the insurance company. They didn't say that they fired me. They didn't say like, we are firing you. They're just like, we're just not going to need your help. It was such an informal position, but they didn't say that at the time. So at the time, I didn't think I was fired for them. I just thought that they were done with the position. Like, cause it was kind of a BS position. It was definitely like me doing people's clerical work that they didn't want to do, like shredding, like I said, shredding, faxing, um, scanning thing. Like it was very like I was doing the Charlie work basically. So at the time I did not realize that I'd kind of just been fired. So I was so scared of being fired because I thought, because my mom taught me, my parents taught me that, you know, if you get fired from these jobs, no one's going to hire you when you get out of college if you get fired, no one's going to want to hire you. You know, if you get laid off, that's just something that happens sometimes that's different. If you get fired, you are not going to be rehirable. Um, And my mom works in HR and worked in HR during this time. So like I was, you know, inclined to fully believe her with no questions asked, with no nuance or anything. Like if I get fired, I am not hireable. So I was afraid of being fired, okay? Um, I'm going to say now, though, um, and, and I will and I will recap this at the end of the episode if I remember, but I'll just say it right now since it's really going to pertain to this job and some of the jobs that follow. If you are in college, or if you're in high school or in college, um, and you are not, you know what? I'm even going to say, fuck it. If you are in a job that perhaps you're insurance depends on like you're in the real world like it is a job that really matters 
you don't want to be fired. Nobody wants to be fired. You don't want to get fired. But if you are fired, it is not the end of the world. If you leave a job, it is not the end of the world. If you leave a toxic work environment, it is not, you You can be hired somewhere else. I, I assure you, especially, especially if you are working in the type of jobs that I was working at during this time. So retail, food service. These jobs are very important. They are huge parts of our functioning society. If you decide to leave, you can leave. You, I mean, pending other circumstances in your life, like I absolutely need this check or I will not live, like that kind of thing, you can leave. You can leave. I was unaware of that. I thought that, you know, I could find another job, but if it looked like I was job hopping a lot, then that would be a problem, which newsflash, it is what it is kind of thing. Um, But my biggest thing was I did not want to be fired because of this fear of not being hireable. So I work at this candle company, um, this candle store. And when I first start, I have a manager who is just, I don't, I don't want to say ugly just because she was physically ugly, but she was the meanest spirited person. So I want to say ugly like her heart was also the thing that was ugly. She was so mean and so catty, but also so incredibly immature. She was like in her mid-30s and, you know, to me, this candle store was my part-time job. I'm in college. It's my part-time job. I work maybe 20 hours a week there. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's, it's my part-time job. It's not my life. I have to try and find some grace for this woman because this job was her life. It, it, it was truly, she was the manager of the store. She was, she's full-time. Like, it is her life. Um, but she was just so mean. She was so mean, and she, I mean, she would snicker (laughs) about people behind their backs. She would, like, try to, like, go out, like, not date, but, like, go out and, like, hang out with people, like, outside of work, and, like, some people would go with her, and some people were like, I do not even remotely like you and would never, would never in a million years spend time with you outside of work where I'm being paid to. She was just a nightmare, and she was mean. She was just... If you didn't understand something, she was mean about it. Um, You know, if you couldn't work a day that she needed you to work, she was going to be mean about it. If you, you know, there's this system for taking off. Hey, um, in three months, I'm going to have a date party. I'm going to need that day off. Mm, I don't know if I can give you that. I really don't know if I can give you that. I just, mm, I know you have like a date party. And that's another thing too. She didn't, and not to say like, going to college or not going to college matters because it literally nothing matters. Um, but it is just kind of that condescending, like she didn't 
understand what experience I was living, like being in like a sorority and having like a date party and things like that, where I was like, hey, I have other engagements outside of work, you know, that come along with school that I, I need to do. Um, and, and she would kind of talk to me like very condescending about it. Like, I know you think you have something important, but like, that's not really important kind of vibe. Um, and so basically one day I did just kind of tell her like, I have to be at this. I'm sober sister. I have to be at this. And, um, I, I think it would be really bad optics if I'm telling you three months in advance and putting it into the computer three months in advance. And it was probably two months in advance. doesn't matter. It was so far in advance for a retail job, but I'm like, yeah, like I think it's going to be really bad optics. Okay. If I, if I put this in and you deny it this far ahead for somebody who is a part-time employee, I am not going to be here that day, period. And I, and I'm really sorry but I, I'm just not going to be here. So your call on if you schedule me or not. And so she didn't end up scheduling me, but I remember leaving that conversation with her, like shaking, like my hands were shaking. Like I couldn't stop because I was like, she's, she's going to schedule me and I'm going to either have to come in or I'm going to have to call out. And I'm afraid of getting fired because if I get fired from the candle store, I'm never going to find a job in the real world. <laughs> like I'm telling you, that broken mindset on top of already being an anxious person, just horrible. Just, it just set me up for the next couple of years being kind of ridiculous when it comes to the jobs I was working. But, um, yeah, candle store was absolutely, uh, there was a policy. Okay. There's a policy within the company that you, you couldn't stop people from stealing, which whatever, right? Like you, you can't stop people from stealing. The stealing was very much not about like the actual theft of the item, right? Like it's not, my, those aren't my candles. I don't, I don't care if those candles are stolen or not. It was the fact that the company had a very public policy that you as an employee could not do anything. Like you couldn't, like somebody could look you in the eye. They could hold the candle up to your face. A, a customer could hold the candle up to your face and then open a large tote bag and while staring you in the eye, stick the candle in their tote bag and you would just have to smile. You couldn't say, Hey, like, you know, normal loss prevention, like, Oh, um, can I get you a bag for that? Or, Hey, um, don't do that. <laughs> like, you could not let them think that you knew that they were stealing because several years prior, the sister lingerie store had a situation where um, people came in and I don't know the whole story. So this is, I'm going to just call it alleged just because I don't know the exact 100% story. Allegedly, some ladies had come in and filled up trash bags worth of the lingerie product and ran out of the store. They were accosted by mall security um, and identified by the employees. The ladies then turned around and sued the company and said the only reason that the employees thought they were stealing, even though I'm, I'm pretty sure if I'm not, if I'm not far off, these people had actually stolen. 
Um, but the only reason they were being accused was because of the color of their skin, their, their race. And I am not going to say that people do not profile in retail because here in a couple jobs, I'm going to tell you that they absolutely do. But at this job specifically, you, you weren't taught to profile or, you know, management didn't make you think that that was a technique or it, it wasn't really a thing at, at the candle store. They didn't, they didn't profile people. That was just kind of what was said. So basically there was a settlement reached. And after that happened, um, you could not stop any shoplifter. You could talk to them and greet them and deter them maybe in that way. But if they wanted to look at you and shove a whole fixture of body spray into a trash bag and walk out with it while making eye contact with you, you would just have to say, have a good day. Like, it was really, like, infuriating. So, we didn't have that much going on. There wasn't a whole lot of, like, floor stealing just because of the floor plan of the store. There's no, like, dressing room or anything, right? Like, you can't really, there's not really much you can do with that. And candles are kind of hard to, like, throw in a bag and run out, right? Because they'll break. So there really wasn't a whole lot of, like, stealing on the floor. A lot of the theft came from people purchasing things. And the company also had a very lenient return policy. And they still do, in fact. So here's a fun little here's a fun little tip. Um, if you have figured out by now what store I was working for, you can, let's say you buy a candle from this store. You can burn it all the way down. And you loved it. You loved the candle. You thought it was great. You loved it. Um, you burn it all the way down. I don't think you can burn it completely out. There has to be a little bit of product left. Um, but you can burn it three-thirds. Is that, No, how do you say it? Three-fourths. Three-fourths. Math. Hi. You can burn it three-fourths of the way down. 75% of the candle. Fuck, I don't know. You can burn 75% of the candle and love it, thought it was great, and you're like, hmm, they just came out with a new scent. You can take that that candle that you burnt 75% of and take it back to the store and say, I did not like that one. I'd like to exchange it for this brand new one. And they have to, or at least when I worked there, they had to give you the new candle. They did a return or an exchange and they took your product that you already used pretty much all of and they'd give you a brand new one. And so we had a lady who came in very frequently um, and her name was Jenna and I'm going to call her by her name um, because there's no way she's not in prison right now. She had a, a rap sheet. Like, this woman was horrible, and I'll get into why. It's not just the theft, because like I said, it's the theft doesn't really affect me because it's not my store. I don't own the store. It's not my product. I don't own any of it. Like, it's not my stuff. Um, but the things she would do that did directly affect me pissed me off, so we'll get into it. So Miss Jenna Girl was like 30-something. Um, she would come in, and she would buy a ton of product. She'd buy maybe 200 even $300 worth of product. Um, and then she would come back a week later and all of it would be used. And I'm not talking about she just tried it. I'm talking about it would be used completely. Candle was burnt. 
70, 80% down. Um, body wash was mostly empty. Like maybe you could get like another one more use out of it or something like that. Body spray, same thing, like almost gone. She, and it would not even be some of the same stuff that she purchased the, the last time that she was in. But she'd come in and she would want to exchange an entire bag. So an entire bag, I'm talking like five candles at a time with three body sprays and, and four body washes and two body lotions and a couple of hand sanitizers. Like she would bring in all of this completely used up product and she would find the replacements that she want, the brand new replacements. And she, that was her game that she was running was she would want to exchange all of this used up product for something brand new because she just didn't like it. Well, if you didn't like it, why'd you use all of it? Let's ask the audience. Like it's, it's really that it was really that kind of situation. But like I said, Hey, that's, that's the store's policy. I, it was so annoying and so frustrating only because as a worker, you had to go through all of the work to damage out this product and put in all of this new product for her. And then you had to wrap the candles and you had to bag it. And then you had to smile at her like she wasn't literally the scum of the earth. Um, and by the scum of the earth, I mean this. There were times, too, that she would come in and she would buy a ton of product. And then she would come back. She would leave the store with her big bag of $200 worth of product. And then she'd come back 20 minutes later and half of the product in the bag was not there anymore. And she'd say, you forgot to put, you know, $100 worth of the product in my bag. Um, and, you know, we had cameras behind the register, but would the manager ever want to use them? No, because the manager's a kiss ass. So the manager thinks, you know, any, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I cannot speak on that. I really can't. All I know is this would happen frequently and the time that it happened to me was my 13th reason so it was black friday i was working black friday you would come in at 6 p.m or 7 p.m on thanksgiving evening and you would get ready for black friday and black friday it was like a true one of the last true black fridays um and this was like what 2018 maybe like it was it was one of the last true black fridays where people were coming in and they were shopping at midnight. They were shopping at midnight at the mall. And we were swamped because on Black Friday at this candle company store or whatever, um, it was one of the only times that you could stack coupons. And so this company is known for sending out pretty good coupons, get people to come in and buy things, free gift with purchase, all that kind of stuff. Like it was, it was a really good deal. So a lot of people would come in and get like the majority of their Christmas shopping done, whatever. But Black Friday, obviously, is so crazy and so hectic, and it's a nightmare. To do something that, like, Miss Jenna was doing and try to run a scam on Black Friday of all days, how dare you? how dare you so she comes up to my line and I and I know her she's I'm so sorry if I'm being offensive but she looks she's a white woman um sometimes her hair's blue sometimes it's brown she's got like thick blue eyeliner on um she's a little methy if you're you know she's just a little methy and 
so and I know I know her face by now because I deal with her and so it gets to a point like where I'm smiling and like working with the customer I'm working with I'm done with them and then Jenna walks up and my face drops and like noticeably like I'm not hiding it like face crack of the century like my face drops into like resting bitch face and I'm like hi like because she does this so so frequently it's kind of one of those things where I'm like sister just come in and steal like just steal from us like I, I quit playing in my face because the thing is is she would play in my face and all of our faces and think that she was like pulling one over on us when we all knew exactly what was happening she thought she was a criminal mastermind and we were like no queen you we just have to deal with you like we just have to deal with you so anyway it's black friday and she's buying three hundred dollars worth of stuff her card doesn't work and i'm like okay um she steps aside to quote unquote, call her bank or whatever. Um, she doesn't make a phone call though. I think she's just moving money around in the accounts. I don't care. Not my business, not my fucking problem. She then comes back to the register because she just kind of stepped off to the side. I helped the person behind her. Then I let her come back over when she was ready because I already had all of her stuff on the registered table. Um, and then she's like, okay, should be good now. So I scan all of her stuff. Like I said, $300 or something, um, put it all in the bag, right? Like I scan something and I just throw it in the bag just throw it in the back. She didn't get any candles. I don't think it was all body care pretty much. Um, scrubs and body washes and things like that. So I was just scanning it. And every time I'd scan, I just throw it in the bag. So she had a really heavy bag. Um, and then I slid it across to her, gave her a receipt. And I was like, here you go. And she was like, thank you. Have a good night. And I just stared at her because I was like, why are you here on black Friday? Like you screw with us. I'm going to say realistically, it was once every two weeks. Like she would come in and do her, her gig once every two weeks is realistically. I know I say like, Oh, every 15 minutes, realistically, when it comes to buying a lot of product and then returning the product, there was like a week to a two week turnaround. Now, when it came to, she would buy a bunch of stuff and then come back 20 minutes later and say, we didn't give it to her. That was truly within like a 20 minute turnaround. So in this exchange, specifically on Black Friday, I'm like, okay, she's buying the stuff. She's going to return it here in a week and a half or so. Whatever. I, d I don't care. She then, as I'm ringing somebody else up 15 minutes later or so, I see her walk back into the store with her bag and she goes straight to my manager who is working by the door. And she's kind of got like this pitiful like face on and I'm like, what's going on? She points to me at my register and kind of opens up her bag and has her receipt in her hand. And so my boss comes up to me with Jenna and she's like, Liz, this customer is saying that you didn't put in several items from her purchase in, in her bag. Like what happened? And I look at my boss cause at this point it's a different boss. Uh, the other boss, um, was like removed or something like she, she was removed or she left. I don't really care because she was a really bad person. So I really don't care. The next boss was kind of an Abby Lee Miller vibe. Like she definitely ran that shit like the Navy, but she really wasn't like mean spirited. She was just kind of, she was a hard ass, but she just took her job very seriously. And I can respect that. Like I didn't have a, like a problem with her, but, um, she was like, Liz, this customer is saying that she's missing a lot of this product she just bought, you know, did we not put it in the bat in the bag? And I just look at her and I'm like, 
every item was put in the bag and I made sure of it and I did it in front of the customer. And of course, I'm saying this in front of Jenna because at this point, what's Jenna going to do? Call the police? She's probably got a warrant. She's not going to call the police. And so I say in front of her, I'm like, yeah, you no, I put every single item in her bag and I would really like to, if this is going to come back on me, I said something to the effect of, if this is going to come back on me and I didn't put things in her bag, I would appreciate if the cameras were checked. And as soon as I said that, Jenna said something along the lines of, I promise I'm not lying. Girl, if you don't shut your mouth, if you don't, if you don't stop talking, like, are you serious? I, I look at my boss. I'm like, I would really appreciate checking the cameras if this is going to come back on me. And my boss could kind of tell at that point what I was saying and how pissed off I was. And we were so busy. She probably didn't want somebody walking out, even though I would have never walked out. I should have walked out several times. Like I said, I was fearful of that. So I just didn't do it. I should have done it. Let's continue. She was probably worried of me walking out. So she was like, oh, no, no, uh, it's okay. You know, mistakes happen. Mistake didn't happen, first of all, but okay, continue. Hey, mistakes happen. So what we're going to do is we're just going to, whatever's missing, we're just going to go ahead and, and replace and put in her bag. And I said, nothing is missing from the bag that was purchased at this register. So if we want to gratis, which is giving free product, if we want to gratis her out some product, that's fine. If we want to give her some free product, that's fine. But everything that was scanned and paid for was placed into that bag. And I looked at the woman, Jenna, that was truly hand to God. That was her name. I looked at her and I was like, what all went missing from your bag after you left? And she responded and said, I'm missing two scrubs, three body washes. And I think that was actually it. I think it was like five or six things. And I was like, okay, okay, yeah, we can give you, we can give you some free product. Like I was at the point where I had a part of my soul had died in that interaction. And I think my boss knew that. And that's why I didn't get in trouble for that interaction because it is Black Friday and this woman is trying to run a scam that she runs on us all the time on Black Friday of all days. Like I was really like, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm not doing this anymore. Like I'm give her what she wants, I guess. I guess if that's the way the world works, give her what she wants. So um, anytime she came in after that, um, one of my best girly pops in the entire world, Sylvia, started working there either after that Black Friday or around the time of that Black Friday. But anyway, um, Sylvia and I would sometimes be lucky enough to work together. And there were times that Jenna would come in trying to run her scam and I would have Either I would help Sylvia or Sylvia would help me and we would count out the product like one body scrub and Sylvia would scan it and put it in her bag and I would mark it. I would tally it on a piece of paper. I was I was done. And this woman was like kind of looking at us like a little bewildered. Like, why are you tallying up everything you're putting in the bag? But she's not going to say anything because that was kind of the whole point of her thing was she was frequently stealing and, and saying that the employee was not doing their job correctly. So she wasn't going to report what we were doing because what are you going to do? Report us for doing our job really, really well? So she started getting irritated when we'd do that, but we would do it. Um, she tried to like throw us off, I think. Like she would be like, oh, I actually don't want this or oh, I'd actually like that. And I'd be like, hey, okay, let's take it one step at a time so I can write it down on this piece of paper. 
Around this time, too, I'd been looking to leave the candle store, so I was kind of trying to find different a different job. Um, so, at one point, I worked at Hollister, and I can't even tell you exactly when I worked at Hollister. I just know it was over the summer, but I don't remember if I was still working at the candle store or if I had moved on to my other endeavors. Really short and sweet. I worked at Hollister for 15 minutes, maybe. Genuinely, it was probably three weeks. I'm not kidding. It was the summer before junior year, I think. I think I was still at Bath and Body Works, but hours had been cut at that point because there was a remodel happening at the store. So I was like, I I don't know. I, I need a job. And I, and I liked working in retail from the sense of the discounts and the free product and all of that stuff. Oh, I loved that. It... In the moment, I was willing to deal with some of the worst people you had ever met in your life for a free product, for some gratis. Oh, please. So um, I found a job at Hollister, which was at Penn Square Mall, which was about 30 to sometimes even 35 minutes away from Norman, my college town. Why did I do that? Don't ask me questions I don't have the answer to. I really don't understand. It was, like I said, 30-something minutes away, seven twenty-five an hour, which I didn't even say what I made at the candle store. At the candle store, I made like $11 an hour. Pretty pretty decent money, honestly, for the time. Yeah, seven twenty-five at Hollister. Um, I had maybe one shift a week, maybe. It made zero sense for me to work there. Zero sense for me to work there. But it was a learning experience. I think it really was a learning experience. I, I liked it. I mean, the, as far as like store policy, you couldn't follow shoplifters or anything, but you could be a little bit more direct with them. Like you were actually allowed to be kind of bitchy to them. Like, oh, I think I have a really good pair of jeans that go with the top that you just put in your purse. Like, like you could kind of be rude, which I loved. I thought that was a great policy. Um, I don't know if that's official policy, so don't take that as official anything. But um, we were allowed to do that. Um, and everybody was chill. Everybody was really cool. Um, just young people working at Hollister. Like it was, it was pretty, pretty chill. But like I said, really didn't make any sense for me to work there. If I'm making seven twenty-five an hour, I'm only working maybe 10, 12 hours a week, maybe. And I'm driving 30 minutes to get there. 30 minutes, one way to get there. It didn't make any sense, but for some reason I did it. I'm going to chalk it up to a learning experience care. I was just kind of hanging out, um, spraying the cologne around every few minutes, you know, making it real nice and dark in there, real nice and dark and smelly. Like it was, it was, I don't know. I kind of liked it. It was fun for the 10 seconds I was working there. I don't know. After that, I got another job at a snow cone stand in my college town. It was a family owned business. And I will say this, the product was excellent. They should stay in business because the, the product is excellent. They actually had very good snow cones. It was it was very soft, fluffy, shaved ice. It was not like what you typically think of like a crunchy snow cone. Like it was actually a really good product. They had really good syrups. They had like all these kind of fun like add-ons you could do, whatever. That was also seven twenty-five an hour, but uh, you got to keep tips. So if people tipped you got to split the tips with whoever you were working with, or if you were working by yourself, which was a lot of the time, you got to keep your tips. And so there were times I, there were times I made 40 bucks in tips. So that was a pretty good job for me. But 
Um, yeah, it was a family-owned business, and it was a husband and a wife. And they were really active in the community, and I want to say really good people. I will say for certain, in my experience, in my opinion, the wife was a really nice woman. She was very kind-hearted. You know, she meant business. Business was important to her, but, you know, she cared. She, it felt like she cared about the people that were working there. Um, you know, she was funny. She would check on you, make sure, you, you know, if you needed anything, if you had any questions, she would kindly answer them. Like, she was great. I really liked her. Her husband, I don't know why she was with him. He was one of the meanest men that I have met to date. And it was, he was also one of those people, you know, people that are like mean and that's like their shtick. Like their whole, they like know they're mean and that's like their thing. Like they think it's like funny or cool or interesting to like be the mean one. That was him. He was mean. And that was like his gag. That was like the tea. He was, he was mean and he, and, and he knew it and everybody knew it. And you were just supposed to be like, oh, that's just him. That's just Bob. I'm not going to say his name, but yeah, that's just him. He's, he's just mean. And it's like, what? I mean, this guy talked to you like you were stupid over snow cones. First of all, over snow cones, he would talk to you like you were an idiot. And that's just all there is to it. Like, I, I mean, talk about being consistently talked down to, asked if you were smart, like if you didn't do something correctly as it pertains to, once again, making a snow cone. If you didn't do something correctly, you know, hey, I thought you were in college. Hey, you're in college. You should, you should be able to pick this up. This is, this is not that hard. That kind of like condescending. And it was constant. It was constant condescending to where I was like, I think I hate him. Like, not just dislike, not just don't care for. I think I genuinely hate him. Looking back on it, I don't know if I genuinely hate, hated him, but he was really, he was really teetering on that line between really disliking somebody and flat out hating them. He was really on that line. He was really not a nice guy. Um, so worked that job for a summer and then decided I want to get back into retail because I don't like working in the snow cone stand. I don't like being sticky. I don't like getting hot. I don't like dealing with people who, because guess what? Even snow cone stands, can you believe it? You still have Karens who are like, mm, this cherry isn't really what I thought it would taste like. Um, I need a different one. And, and that was part of their policy was like, if somebody doesn't like it, we make them a new one because we're really nice. And people take advantage of businesses with really nice ways of doing things. So I then went on to a department store at the mall where the candle store was. I am telling you right now, and this was all, all of these jobs were kind of packed into the same amount of time um, because I do think that there was overlap between the candle store, Hollister, and the snow cone place. Like, I think there was overlap between those three. Like, it was very much, I was really looking for, like, something that stuck. Like, because everything I was doing, I felt like I, I hated. And so I, I find this department store, and they're offering $13 an hour for a part-time worker. And they are fine that you are in college. And they are willing to work with your college schedule. And if you have extracurriculars, they're willing to work with that, too. And it's just like, you know, a, a nice little department store. It's a, a well-known department store. 
it's fancy. It's, um, you know, in, inside, indoors. I'm not going to stink when I leave. Like, in $13 an hour, I might as well be a millionaire, okay? I might as well be a millionaire with $13 an hour. And at this point, too, I had moved into my uh, college apartment where I was paying the rent. So beforehand, I had lived in the dorms my parents paid for, um, in the sorority house my parents paid for. I love my parents, by the way. Um, but then I moved into my college apartment, and they're like, yeah, you're going to pay for your college apartment. Because there was also a moment where my mom was like, how about you just come back home and be a commuter? And I was like, how about you be an empty nester and you leave me alone? <laughs> how about you stop making me try to come home? I love that woman, but that was an argument that was had. So I, I lived in my college apartment and it was a really nice one. So it was a little bit more expensive, but um, I mean, that's just me, baby. That's just me. I just like things. So I for sure had to live in this apartment complex because it was nice and it was new and it was right next to campus so I could just walk to campus. I wouldn't have to drive. It was just, I, I had to absolutely live there. So of course I had to absolutely have a job. And this job at this department store seemed like the perfect fit. Um, you know, just, I love department stores. I spend money on clothes and shoes and purses and, you know, beauty, skincare, all kinds of stuff. I, like, I buy everything that's here. I get a 20% discount or something. Um, and then $13 an hour, that'll pay my rent no problem. So I get this job at the department store. And when I'm in there, like, for my interview, I tell them, yeah, you know, I'm in a sorority. We do recruitment. Um, I have other things that come up with a sorority, like date parties and things like that I, I have to be able to go to. Also around this time, I'm doing like actual extracurriculars with the school. Like I'm doing campus activities council. Um, I'm a vice chair of, I think I could probably just say, it. I was a vice chair of like the trivia group, the college bowl. Um, I was, I was doing things. I was very, I was actually very busy and I was very happy and I had a lot going on. And so this is my senior year, by the way. So they're like, oh yeah, Absolutely not a problem with us. Like we, we totally understand. We encourage college kids to work here. It's a great job, great pay. We want you to work here and, and we're willing to work with your schedule. You just got to give us some heads up. And I'm like, Hey, I can give you a heads up. Most of this stuff I know at least a month in advance. So as I am accepting the job, I'm telling them to like, Hey, here, if I'm accepting this job, here are the, um, upcoming things I have. I have this recruitment you know, in a couple of months, because I think it was summer. So it was the summer before my senior year. Let me correct myself. The summer before my senior year is kind of like when I started. So my senior year, this is where I was working. Anyway, I tell them, yeah, here in a month or so, I have this recruitment, which is a week-long thing. I'm not going to be able to work for the week. Um, I just can't. Like, I I'm not going to be able to. I This is something I have to do. This is an engagement that I have to like, I do not want to be fined. I can be fined if I don't go. Um, I also want to be there. I'm a senior. This is something I've been looking forward to since I've been in college. Like, my, my entire four years has led me to this moment. Uh, these are things that I need to do. Hey, no problem. We can absolutely accommodate. Guess what they don't accommodate um, by the time it comes around? Recruitment. Yeah, so I'm working there. I've got this boss, and she is, she's a hater, and that's the best word I have for it. I do work with people that I do really enjoy. There's one girl in particular. I'm not going to say her name because I don't know if she would like me to, but I actually really like her and we still talk on Instagram to this day. Like I, I really liked her and she was my friend as we 
were working there, but also I feel like is still my friend in the real world. So that's pretty cool. But, um, yeah, we had this boss and, and I think she might've liked the boss a little bit more and that's fine. They worked together a little bit more than me and the boss did, but I could not stand this boss. She was so, she was like 30. Um, and she just was so catty and I don't know what it is exactly about working in retail that makes people act like that, but she was so hateful. Um, you know, I'd tell her, hey, next month I have a date party for my sorority. Um, I, I'm going to need, you know, instead of working on Friday, maybe can I pick up like Tuesday or maybe could I work something that weekend? I, I have to be there. Um, well, you know, when you graduate college and you go to like another job, you're really not going to be able to just like not go to things just because you have date parties. Okay. Well, first of all, when I graduate, I'm not going to have date parties. So jot that down. Um, but I was like, yeah, no, uh, but you know, when I applied and I took the job, I was told that I would be granted things that I ask off early enough for. I need to be granted that. So, you know, begrudgingly, she would give me that time off. Um, or there were times that I'd be like, Hey, there's a football game, you know, senior year. I, at this time also, I was a social media intern for OU Spirit which was like Palm, mascots, cheerleaders. It was a really fun little gig that I had. Um, and I was like, I, I have to be at the games. And so she's like, you know, we can't all just take off whenever we want to watch a football game. Like, and she was very much, that's how she talked, first of all. I'm not even giving her a bitchy voice. Like, that was the voice. Also, I explained to her that I, like, had an internship. So, like, I'm very, very busy. I'm doing things within my sorority. I'm doing things within, like, the Campus Activities Council. I have a unpaid internship through the university. And then I have a job, like, a, a part-time job that I'm working. Like, I'm a, I'm a busy person. I'm not a slacker. Like, I'm, I'm doing the things I need to do. And, you know, I'm like, I try to explain to her, I'm like, yeah, this is not, like, me just, like, wanting to go watch the football game. Like, that's part of it. But, like, I am like the social media intern. Like I'm on the field. I I'm on the field taking videos of mascot palm and cheer. Like this is something I have to do. This is going to be on my resume kind of thing. And, you know, she would end up giving me the time off, but with like, she wouldn't just give me the time off and like, let it go. She would make me feel like crap before she did it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess I could switch you around, but like, you know, the world really doesn't revolve around your sorority. The world really doesn't revolve around you football, which first of all, in the Lincoln Riley era, do not say that to me. Um, we were for sure going to go to a national championship, but I'm not even going to go there. But, um, you know, that's kind of the thing she would say, like the world doesn't revolve around OU. The world doesn't revolve around your sorority. The world doesn't revolve around you, basically, which was so crazy because it was like, just have somebody cover me or just don't schedule me that day and schedule somebody else who's available. Swap us. If, if I'm available on Tuesday and Friday and I have something on Friday and then, you know, somebody else is available Tuesday and Friday and they don't have anything on one of those days, just schedule me for the Tuesday and them on the Friday. What does it matter? Like, just do your job as the boss and make the schedule work for the people that are working for you. And like I said, she, she would end up doing it, but it just would not be without a fight. Like there would have to be a fight about it. And I just, 
I don't know. Like, I could not... I could not stand her. And then she would also sometimes, like, try to be friendly or try to be friends or, like, try to relate to me. But it wasn't, like, because she was being friendly. It was more, like, I don't know, she was trying to prove something. I don't know. She, she was doing night classes at the time. And, you know, I would be like, hey, I, I have a test coming up. And it's on this Thursday at 6 p.m. or something. So I'm not going to be able to work on Thursday. And she's like yeah, you know, I have a test coming up too, but, you know, I just schedule mine to fit a day that I'm not working. And I'm like, hey, I can't schedule a test. (laughs) Like, I can't. I don't know what you're able to do. God bless you. I think whatever you're doing is fabulous. If you can do that, that's an awesome perk that you have. I don't have that. I can't schedule my test to be whenever I want it to be. I have a test at six on Thursday. I will not be here at six on Thursday. Does that make sense? And, and then it'd be, a, and it'd be an argument, but then yes, I'd have it off or whatever. And it just, or she'd say like weird stuff, like she'd come in and be kind of like giggly and, you know, I, I'd play into it for the first three hours of the day and then I'd be so over her by then. But so I'd be like, oh, like, how are you? And she'd be like, mm-hmm, I'm good. Like had sex last night. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding when I say that. She would, she would tell me that, that she had sex the night before. And I would be like, okay, cool. (laughs) Like, I don't know. What do you want me to say? And, you know, one time I was like, oh, I didn't know. Like, you were seeing somebody. And she's like, yeah, I have, like, this boyfriend. But, like, he has a kid. And, like, the kid's mom doesn't like me. And I just, it's just such a hard. So we're, like, in secret. Like, we're loving each other in secret or, like, weird stuff like that. And I was like, girl, what? Girl, what? Like, she was just really out of pocket and out there. And so... Basically, the job does come to an end in March of 2020, which is kind of when my senior year came to an end. Um, I was able to file for unemployment, though, because I got, you know, kind of taken out of that job due to COVID. So that was kind of a perk. Hey, that was kind of a perk. Got a lot of cute clothes that I still have today that I got on a really good discount. So I'm going to call it a win, even though multiple times I wanted to walk out of that establishment. Um, one thing I will give the department store credit for was they were a private business. And so I saw shoplifters tackled like all the time. And our number one suspect was usually a Norman housewife, like, like almost all the time. Like it was hardly ever somebody who was like stealing because, you know, they were down on their luck or they were going to go and try, like, you know, addiction or, like, whatever. Like, all of those messy things that, you know, whatever. It was never anything like that. It was almost always a Norman housewife. And, you know, she'd get approached and they'd tell her, like, hey, you know, you came out of the dressing room and we've got three empty hangers and tags on the floor, like, and you've got that big tote bag, like, we're gonna have to ask you to come, like, to the back. She'd try to take off, they'd tackle her, then they'd put her in handcuffs and she'd cry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and they'd, like, you know, her hat fell off because she was using a hat to, like, conceal her identity, and so, you know, her hat's off. Now they're taking her the long way around the department store to get to the back room. They're doing a perp walk. She's in handcuffs. She's crying. It was really good entertainment. And I mean, these were rich women. These were women that were carrying around big Louis Vuitton Neverfuls, big diamond rings, um, and would kind of like 
talk to you like you were stupid. Like, where's the free people, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you don't work in free people. So you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not sure what that is. And they're like, it's the new jacket that just came out. Like, that kind of vibe. Like, they would be, like, the worst people you ever met. And then as soon as they'd get caught shoplifting, waterworks, big crocodile tears. And, you know, I'm not this type of person. That's not who I am. Oh, my God. It was the entertainment level at that place. It, it really was really spectacular, and I really enjoyed it. This is a lot longer than I had originally anticipated, so I'm just going to wrap it up a little bit. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up with my first post-grad job, and I'm not going to get too much into detail because if you know me, you already know about the job, but I do feel like it's a perfect example of like coming into the world and still dealing with some of the shit that you deal with in like your jobs that you're working as like a teen or a young adult when you're like in college, you know, these jobs that you're working part-time, your first part-time to full-time gig essentially. So my first post-grad job I got in September of 2020 because COVID was a thing. So I guess laid off technically from from the department store when COVID happened um, because I did get the unemployment. So yes, I laid off from the department store in March and I wasn't able to find my first post-grad job until September. So my first post-grad job was at a theme park in Oklahoma City. And you can probably guess which one because there's literally one. But um, I worked there. I met one of my very best friends, Marlene, there. Um, but it was definitely, since it's like a like a real corporate job that I had, I'm not going to get into some of the things that occurred. But I will say, some of the drama that you think you're leaving behind in your retail or your food service type jobs sometimes the drama just never ends. And it doesn't matter if you're corporate or if you're in retail, food service, any kind of service, whatever. Sometimes the drama in the workplace is just the drama in the workplace. And it's going to happen whether you like it or not. And it's going to follow you wherever you go. And that's just the beauty of um, working for a wage, I guess. Anyway, yeah, so since the theme park, I've had three other positions, including the one that I'm in now. Um, after the theme park, I went to a marketing agency in Dallas. That's how I made the move down to Dallas. I loved them. There is no tea or shade. I loved them with my whole entire being. Um, I just left for a position that I thought was a lateral move to a company in Dallas. And that company royally screwed me over. And I've, I've talked about it because when I got laid off with that company, it led me to start this podcast. Um, so I, I, I've talked about it in my, in the beginning era of this podcast and in some of the infant episodes of this podcast, I've kind of talked about, um, being laid off and how that was a huge shock because I was told I was going into a very cushy, very safe job, but I was flat out like lied to. It was not a, it was not a matter of, um, just, oh, oh no, it was the economy or whatever. It was, I was, they, they knew they couldn't afford to keep me for very long, but they needed me for a little bit of time. So they, they sold me this idea of job security and then they pulled the rug out from under me. Very bad people. Uh, not my direct 
boss, like my direct manager, he was a, a good guy. Um, but everybody else that was in charge of everything else, really not good people um, because they knew what they were doing. But that's all I'll say about that. Then, yeah, started this podcast. And now in my I'm in my current position, which I found in September of 2023. And I really like it a lot. And I think it's a perfect role for me at this time. You know, I'm working from home. I'm working with podcasts and radio. Um, just kind of the space that I wanted to be in when I graduated college. But with COVID, things just kind of did not work the way I thought they were going to work. Um, so I had to slowly but surely find my way back. And I'm, I'm very grateful that I, that I did. So that's the tea. That's the, that's the whole story. That is the story of the jobs and the lives that I lived before the job that I'm in right now. Before, before I was a podcast host, I did a lot of other stuff and it was a lot of character building. Um, I think the ultimate, I think the thesis of this is if you are in a job that you're unhappy with, you need to leave. You need to leave. Don't stick around. Leave. If you're in a toxic work environment, you need to leave. Leave. And I know sometimes it's not easy. Like you can't just pick up and leave with every job. But if it is a job like working at the candle store that you could just realistically pick up and leave and find another retail job, leave. Do not for a second stay anywhere where people make you feel lesser than, where people treat you poorly, where people insult your intelligence, where people do not value you or your time or the life that you have outside of work. Don't stay. You have my approval to leave that job. But yeah, that's it. I This is a long one. This might be the longest episode I've ever done. I actually don't know until I'm until I'm done and I, and I edit it and I see how it, how it turns out. But, um, yeah, that's it. That's the episode. Um, new episode next week. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be one year of just being silly. I'm really excited. Um, follow just being silly on Instagram at just being silly pod. Follow us on Spotify and Apple podcast and rate five stars. And that's really it. That is all. I'm not going to take up any more of your time. I love you so much and I will talk to you later. Bye.